0: Hello, and welcome to Improvise Music in Kingston, a podcast that explores the thoughts and music of a group of local musicians who are situated across various genres and who all incorporate improvisation as part of their practice. I am your host, Paul Clifford. In this episode, we will continue to explore the question, how do participants improvise and what knowledge they need to do it? I asked the group members to describe some general ideas on how they approach improvisation as well as to describe their musical training background and how they learn to play improvised music. In this episode, we will hear from Spencer Evans, Kyoko Ogoda, Dave Barton, John Burge, Danton delbert Sawchuk, and Teilhard Frost. The music you hear was all recorded live and features all members of the group.
1: say that uh, it's, it's, it's based on my uh, knowledge of uh, classical music which uh, involves uh, scales and, and my uh, the rhythms that I find uh, that I'm emotionally attached to which are uh, predominantly, I would say, African rhythms. So African styles, um, which obviously morphed in the 20th century from blues to jazz to uh, Afro-Cuban and Latin styles. When I hear those rhythms in a, in a piece of music and scales uh, like pentatonic scales uh, or diatonic scales, I can work with those, and those are my template. Uh, not being jazz trained, things like modes, I mean, even though I hear them, and I hear chord extensions, elevenths and 13ths and whatnot, they're not my sort of go-to template for improvising. So, um, its it's kind of a It's basically coming from a place of, of uh, emotional immediacy. I'm not thinking about it too much. I just want to to enjoy the sounds that I'm creating using the sounds that I'm I'm familiar with.
2: from any type of styles spontaneous, voluntarily and react to who with who you are with
3: I view in, improvisation as creating a musical event that uh, fits with the genre involved. Um, my improvisations mostly in jazz, in the standard jazz world, so I view it with the fact that like my improvisation is gonna be good for the tune it's gonna fit it's gonna sound good it's gonna have some form have some content that's kind of what i think it is um and i think that might be okay with every genre like whatever you're improvising you have to fit the genre the style the framework I think to be a a, a a musician, you have to you have to love the physicality of the instrument. Mm-hmm. You have to love this
4: mm-hmm.
3: or or this. And, and for me, the guitar, I, I loved it. When I picked mm-hmm. up a guitar, I, I when I first uh, Joey Van Conant brought a guitar in grade four. Mm-hmm. Joey is uh, still playing in country bands in Kingston. Okay. and uh, when he was uh, we were both in grade 4 we were 10 years old and he brought a guitar to school and showed me a D chord Hmm. and when I first picked up the guitar I picked it up backwards because I'm left handed Hmm. and he says no 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 the other way and I said okay so actually if I'd lived with it for a while I might have been a lefty Uh, but he switched me right away and he showed me a D chord and um, I just went oh I really like this this is so much fun and uh, my parents got me a $20 guitar from Sears And uh, I was obsessed. I would play that hours a day where I wouldn't play piano.
4: I am, first and foremost, a traditional classical composer, although it's such a small niche. When you say a, a classical composer, um, it, within the, the music sphere, it, you know it, it is very narrow. And in particular, uh, I, I like to write expressive music that has a certain sense of originality And so on the one hand, I have used improvisation because I'm a reasonably good pianist to help me write music and come up with ideas very much in the tradition of Beethoven, if you like. Beethoven's beginning of his career was renowned for his improvisations. And he just phenomenal what he was able to accomplish. And eventually he starts writing down his music and moves from writing just for piano to writing for other instruments Uh, so so that's sort of the the one hand however to be creative in this day and age you can create you can design compositions where improvisation becomes a requirement of the performer and so I've always been captivated by compositions that have a certain element of chance that you know, the parameters are dictated you know, very much as someone may have uh, a standard chart that you're improvising on so that people know the tune and they know the chord changes and you know, they're able to, to, to create a, a newer version. Uh, but, but in my particular case, it's often become somewhat refined
5: I'm uh I would call myself primarily a folk folk musician. Um I play a lot of I, I grew up playing classical music. So um coming from a written um formal music education um to being introduced to uh Métis Fiddle music, uh where I had no, you know, there was no paper involved. It, it was just a oral tradition um uh, spread. Uh From there, I wanted to, like, learn more because I was really into jazz at that time. So I took some lessons with, uh, uh, her name is Elizabeth Shepard. You might know her. Yes. Back in, like, eight, nine years ago. Um, And she was incredible. She taught me so much about improv. Um, She was like, stop overthinking. You know, I, I already had an idea in my head as to what things would sound like um but she wanted me to like kind of deprogram that aspect of my mind a little bit and it took some time because when you're when when you play classical music you're you you you, like it's almost like you're gripped with this like what you have to play and it's very formal and it's it was almost like very stressful for me so I had I honestly had like a I had I almost had a stress um associated stress with like music a bit Um, and so like being able to have the freedom through improvisation um, like through being introduced to different styles like changed not only my music but also like me like as a person to be able to like express myself.
6: So my trouble back so trouble. There was no trouble. But what happened I ended up leaving the subtonic monks after a couple of years and we were we were traveling and we had a big troop. We had this huge bicycle with a spinning umbrella on the top and we'd all climb around on it and drum and crowds would gather, like thousands of people dancing and it was crazy, but but I got kind of frustrated because people just wanted to improvise right out of the gate or like, you know, just be free from the beginning and 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 I think, I think that's totally great. And I, I, I really value that, that excitement and that um, the you know, imagination and, and everything that has to g- go into that to make something work. But then I also really needed to, for myself, to have some foundation in some things, right? so This is this this is this rhythm this is this chord structure this is a one six two five like this is how it works and then when i know that like now i'm finally getting to the point you know 30 years later where i feel like okay i'm starting to have a little understanding of how these things work so now i can fool around with it a bit more you know and like put more of myself into it as opposed to like just go at it from the beginning and then like you know, I don't know. I, I think, I think that that's I think that's important. So I left this subtonic monk's group.
0: How about your training um in music
3: i did a bachelor of music and classical guitar at queens
0: and that was how you started
3: yeah no well when i when i was i was playing by ear i was playing in bands i was playing uh uh with bill and bob and then i I took a little bit of classical guitar with a guy who was connected with the vimy band at the time cecil ross his name was oh yeah i remember him and uh, I ended up playing bass in this country band, actually. Oh, uh, with him, uh, with Cecil. Yeah, he put a, he put together a country band with okay. a, with a guy from from Perth Road Village. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
4: associate degree in piano performance in grade 12, so I had that before I left high school. And I never took composition lessons until I got to university, but spent, uh, you know, a lot of time. I I started writing music at about the age of, you know, 11 or 12. I told my my parents I was going to be a composer, and I'm sure they thought, well, he'll outgrow it, and I just didn't. And I did take a little bit of organ, which means I've learned enough to write for organ that I can really get an organist, you know, in intelligent trouble. <laughs> uh, and I've sung in in choirs, uh, so that really teaches you how to write for the voice. I did play for many years for a vocal teacher when I was in high school, which taught me how to be a reasonably good collaborative pianist and have played for many, many choirs. And my sight reading was always very good. Um, I, I won't go into sort of, you know, the situation of where my life is now, but sitting down and being able to read a score and play it, uh, especially full orchestral scores, because that's what I spend a lot of my life doing is I'll take an opera and I take the score and I just play it on the piano, the full score, because that's how you figure out how to orchestrate and, and, and write for things. Uh, but I do have a, a bachelor, master's and and doctorate in uh, composition and theory.
0: And um, what about like, what's the kind of order of events there? What did you did you study classical music first, and then branched into improvisation, or was it? How would how would you describe the timeline a little bit?
1: Uh, timeline timeline definitely uh, improvising, because the the sound of the piano and the fact that I could reach the piano keys uh, and then. Could always hear things in my head, and a lot of it uh, certainly is hearing a melody—not that I created, but hearing a melody on records or, or something, or a chord progression, and recreating it on the piano. So, reading music and classical training started, you know, with with piano lessons and then with uh, choral singing and then in orchestral arrangements uh on, on clarinet so there was a lot of reading and then a lot of scales and a lot of practice involved in repetition but the improvising uh never stopped it, it started before piano lessons and it has continued long after piano lessons which for me ended at about 15 so
5: my cello uh, career direction kind of changed when I decided I didn't want to really pursue classical music because I didn't want to sit down while I was playing. I didn't want to be told what to play. And I, cause I, and I also wanted to like move and dance and, mm. and, and have new audiences outside of like, you know, the typical classical music, you know, audience. Like playing folk music, I didn't get to be around a lot of young people. I got to hang out with old timers, and I'm blessed for that. Um, Though I'm like, hey, like, what is, how can like younger people get into music and improvised music um, that's like, you know, different than what you find in the club, let's say, you know, loud banging, you know, mind-numbing music, right? Mm -hmm. So, I'm I, to me, like music is really important to share and i want other people to get involved all the time
0: In old time, of like using chord scales, or is it like? I guess I'm, what I'm asking is, um, how do people that are playing that way think about doing their improvisation? Is there anything uh, about?
6: Well, well, the funny thing is that when you, yeah, I mean, I think we do. Like, you have to know. You have to kind of know where you're going and what the limit is to how far out you can go and how to get yourself back if you go too far out Um, so I think a lot of the guys they knew not in a theoretical way like in a just a very practical way like these are these are bow strokes you can do and bow cross like string crossing and stuff that would where you you know know when you take if you have three notes that you're going to work with how to rearrange those rhythmically so that they're not not just repeating the same thing but like bounce them back and forth and just put them in different places so you're just taking the simplest thing and making it something interesting uh an interesting thing though with the old time music like whether it's irish or scottish bagpipes or or, or turkish bagpipes or whatever uh whatever when you have a when you have a uh, the, the melody, what am I saying? The interesting thing that has happened in the last seventy five years in like especially Irish music uh, is that it was unaccompanied. Like it was the melody was the thing, and so you if if somebody accompanied you on a harp or something they would be chordal or a piano like piano was in there and the thing that i found really interesting when i first really like i started playing fiddle as a little kid and just didn't really think about it but then when i met people in toronto and was getting really heavily into it uh, a friend of mine pointed out that the he was a fiddler but he also was a really good guitar player jay edmonds and he said, "Oh, it's interesting. The, the people who have, get to have the most fun in in traditional sort of music these days are the accompanists, because the accompanists um, aren't t- they're tied to the melody, but because the melody is the thing, like it is the foundation." Which is sort of upside—it's sort of the opposite of what we think of musically now, mm-hmm. where you have the fiddle, which is always the guy in the front, right? Ooh, I'm the guy playing the fiddle, so everybody looks at the fiddler, mm-hmm. and but the, the people who are actually doing the crazy stuff are the guitar players.
0: Did you ever take any training, did you ever have any training about improv, improvised music?
2: Nope Not whatsoever
0: I mean you did contemporary classical music and they didn't talk about that in that?
2: So it was a contemporary composed music Mm. Like some dissonant composed, composition Mm -hmm. Not improvised Aspect at all. <laughs> um, probably my improvisation or spontaneous, random jamming type of thing encountered when I was in Winnipeg when I was uh, like 20 years old. So some some of some residents. You know the students in residence. Like somehow started playing on the rail because yeah, it's an echoey staircase, mm. and just hitting the stair rail. That was maybe my first improv.
0: Really? Yeah. Like you never did that as a kid or anything.
2: So, no. Mm. So, uh, like all the music experience I had was so rigid, mm. square, mm. all like just replicate, like reproduce something written, or just follow what's written or what you are instructed. Mm. Very much, you know. Mm structured like other things in japan
0: for listening to Improvise Music in Kingston. In this episode, we explored how do participants improvise and what knowledge they need to do it. In our next episode, we'll explore the question how to improvise understand success in improvisation. For more information about the project, the group members, and to listen to the complete set of musical recordings, please visit the project website at paulclifford.ca slash imik.